Hey everyone, and welcome to episode one zero zero of the Frame Skip Podcast. I am your host, Austin Eller. I've been gone for like a month, but I'm back. You know who else is back? Seth, Mr. Star Wars canon himself, Slake House. How's it going? You are canon. I am canon. I'm, I'm the encyclopedia of what is canon in Star Wars. And as we found earlier, uh, the only thing that matters that's canon in Star Wars is Ray being a Skywalker. Yes. So Obi-Wan um, show, not canon, unfortunately. Not canon. Not, no. uh, Sorry the to Clone Wars, know. not canon. Rebels, not canon. Ahsoka Tano, not canon. The and, only canon in Strikes Back, not canon. The only canon thing from the Clone Wars is that original movie that started it all off. Yes. That's it. Nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> you know Actually, who- you know what else is canon? Ray stabbing Kylo Ren with the lightsaber mm. and him being alive five minutes later. That's yeah. canon. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting that somebody can be stabbed by a lightsaber and survive? It's weird, actually. I don't wow. Know. Amazing, actually. Coaches are mute. We're also joined by Mr. Nothing is Canon himself, the coach Kyle Newman. My name is Ray Palpatine, not Ray Skywalker. I'm a Palpatine. <laughs> That's, That's, good canon. That's good to that know. That is Canon. Well, and let so. me let me let me take a guess. In Coach's Canon, um Palpatine, his like his lightning that shoots out of his hands, it comes from little like bugs that are in his fingers. Midi And that's 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 there you no, go. no, not midichlorians, bugs. Oh, like, I mean, like there's like worms in his hands, and that's what causes the lightning. That's I'm, I'm gonna take a guess and say that's in your canon. Sure, we can make I'm a th- canon. I'm thinking this <laughs> conversation really bugs Seth. No, <laughs> you know who's not bugging me, Elijah, the ladies' man, steel. I can What's change that. <laughs> I'm not, how about you? I'm doing well now that I know the ins and outs of Star Wars canon, what is and what is not. Which what is and what is not. pretty much everything. I came in just in time for episode 100 of this show. Uh, what a special way to, to start off a uh, triple digit episode with um, random untrue facts about Star Wars <laughs> lore. <laughs> So it's a pleasure to be here and it's a pleasure to celebrate episode 100 with you all. Um, we, uh, we've been going for a while. It's crazy. We actually started, I was thinking back on this earlier. We started in, I want to say it was February of 2020, literally right as the pandemic started. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it, yeah, it's fascinating. It's interesting to go back and listen to those first few episodes because we talk about it unfolding and um, just the way that that the world changed over the past, I guess, two and a half years. It's been, it's been a wild ride, both on the podcast and, and in reality. So it's, it's awesome that we were able to make it to this point. But yeah, dude, it's crazy. Cause I thought we started in the summer for some reason, but I guess I was wrong about that. I remember episode that wasn't zero, true. we recorded in February. Yep. Yeah, March March was the first episode. Yeah, and I I very clearly remember too. We talked about Animal Crossing on like episode one or two, and that was like 
one of the key moments of like the early days of the pandemic was when Animal Crossing released and everybody was stuck at home and playing that game. Yeah, because like episode one, hey, everything's going great. Episode two, oh, wait. <laughs> so um, it's funny yeah. because, because of the pandemic, I bought three copies of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Because I remember that I had originally ordered it at GameStop or or originally ordered at Amazon, one or the other, but I couldn't get the collector's edition or like the deluxe edition at one of them. So I ordered it at the other and forgot to cancel it. And then because Final Fantasy VII Remake came out like the day of our lockdown, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get it or not. So I also bought it on the PlayStation Network. But it turns out GameStop was doing this weird, like, curbside delivery service thing. I remember you could that. drive up and, like, you mm-hmm. could give it to your window. So that was pretty weird. But yeah, I ended up buying three copies of Final Fantasy VII Remake because of the pandemic. Weird times. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, um, it's interesting. I'm going to have to go back soon and listen to those first few episodes. And I, I just remember we had. Uh, an interesting kind of viewpoint on like how things were unfolding. So it's, it's kind of a pocket of, of history is the, the early few episodes of the show. Before but, we, before we get into the nuts and bolts yeah. of this episode, I do have a question for um, the two of you. Tell us about the three of us. No, for uh, Austin and uh, Seth, tell us okay. about how you guys actually started this journey together back before me and Elijah were, were <laughs> you, well, Elijah got on first. You guys let him move up to varsity. Yeah. I was still water boy on JV, right? Keep but anyways, mind, keep in mind, coach, they never told me I moved up to varsity. They just kept saying, Hey, do you want to come on as a guest for about 10 months straight? Yeah. And that's, yes, realize you, you've, you've been podcasting with us longer than you haven't though. Right? Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But what I wanted to collectively maybe 50 episodes before you guys joined and we've done probably 300 since. Oh, we've done way more than that. How did you, how did you start it? First of all, how did you guys meet? And then how did you guys create this, this podcast kind of give us the, you know, it's actually funny because this brings up like a, like an interesting point that I gave a speech at Austin's wedding. And I was trying so hard to remember the first time me and Austin like talked or met. I know. And I absolutely have no recollection of it. I know I it was over Skype, but I do not know at all when it was and what was said or anything like that. I have no idea. So, so it wasn't here. like a PSP message board or anything like that? <laughs> no. no. This was was a PSP Go message board specifically. (laughs) For the PSP Go and the Game Boy Advance (laughs) Micro only. It's actually like a fascinating conversation because me and Austin both can't remember. Austin, do you remember? Were you friends with Chris? Yes. So I remember my side. You'll have to tell your side. So I remember meeting Chris, who um, we started a podcast with. I guess relatively soon after I started talking to him, that's how you and I started podcasting. I want to say, if I'm recalling correctly, I remember I started talking to him about the time Uncharted 3 came out. 
because I remember us playing that game a lot together. And that was probably the fall of 2011, if I'm recalling correctly. Um, yeah. And I want to say we started our first podcast as a group together. Me, Seth, and several other people um, started it together. I want to say maybe in January or February of 2012. So it was within four, five, six months of me meeting Chris that we all came together for our first podcast. But I very clearly remember meeting Chris through YouTube. And we just started playing some games together. And Seth, I don't know how you got connected. Were you friends with Chris as well? And that's how it just kind of no, brought together. I was friends. I was friends with Jordan who knew Chris. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's so Jordan that, was another person who was on the first podcast we started. Yeah, so that's that's how that went out. It's so weird, dude, because like YouTube, the, the YouTube gaming community was such a community back then yeah. that we all just kind of met up at the same time and started talking over Skype. And the weird thing was too, is I specifically remember talking to like random other big YouTubers in Skype. Yes. Just being able to like pull them in. And I can't remember exactly how that worked. If there was like some sort of, maybe they use the same name on YouTube yeah. as Skype, but you were able to just like pull people into your calls. And I remember specifically because like um, the guy that we used to do the podcast with, Chris, he used to be getting fights with YouTubers all the time. <laughs> dude. He would get in like these stupid, like petty fights over like console wars or something. And that and was turned... all part of that community back in the day, by the way. That yes. was it was not just him. It was everybody was fighting all the time. It, it turned into like this brutal weeks, months long conflict with these other YouTubers. and they would make like 15 videos about each other and like just start dissing each other and like ripping each other apart. And then we'd get in Skype and we'd hear this constantly and they'd pull me the call and we'd start fighting. And like, I don't know. It doesn't sound fun now, but it was, it was <laughs> apparently pretty fun back then. Cause we all kept doing it. Yeah. And we were, we were all into it, but whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. I just I think want you all to know. I pictured in my head a bar fight going on, but you two are just at the bar having a drink. And at one point, you both just lift your drinks up as someone slides across the bar, and then you put your drinks back down and just keep drinking. The funny thing is, Elijah, that's not far from the truth, because I very clearly remember like seeing Chris and, and other YouTubers and other people that were in our podcast um fighting like with other YouTubers online. And I was just like, all right, here we go again. Like, I just... I really don't care about fighting with this guy that has 400 subscribers on YouTube, like whatever, just let it go. And so, but it was interesting for sure. Like the community was that way. So Elijah, my question to you is how did you meet, how did you get into the community and uh, how did you get into the, the podcast? So I actually met Seth through work and it was just one day he started at where I worked and he at one point mentioned, hey, I'm on a podcast because we started talking about games and such. And I started listening. And I still remember the first time you had me on, it was an episode talking specifically about trophies and achievements. Because I remember I, that was back when I hung out at Susquehanna University all the time. And I shut myself in my friend's dorm and recorded <laughs> on my laptop. Because I was over there for the day. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this thing quick. And I just closed the door, locked her out of her room and just recorded the episode and 
I've ever since then, you know, I'd just been talking to everyone. We started playing games together. And then eventually it was like, hey, do you want to come on more often? And then more often turned into like every week. But again, they, they weren't making me a member of the podcast. They were just having me on every single week. It was about 10 months later. They're like, so we decided to have him join permanently. I'm like, when? You got to understand <laughs> though the context behind that. Yeah, there is a lot of context behind that. Me and Austin were trying to be, make the responsible decision because in the year and a half or something like that, that we had been podcasting before that, we went through like, 10 different permanent members of the show and he's not lying yeah and like people were it was just like a revolving door of people just coming and going constantly i know this is true considering you started at the beginning of 2012 and i started listening in later 2012 and only met half of them yeah (laughs) so So i remember i I remember we had which was this was crazy at the time too, Seth. Do you remember when we we started that first podcast? Like I said, it was probably January of 2012. I don't even think we lasted 15 episodes, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just very clearly remember us having like six people on the call at one time in a single podcast, I think and that was awful. That's anarchy. I think it may have been more than that. I think it may have been like eight. <laughs> yeah, because. It there was a lot, and I remember I uh, someone yeah. made the graphic for it. I can go yeah. back through my my thing. Here I just I remember that, and I remember us even in those first fifteen episodes, we went through probably three additional people on top of those six or seven or eight or however many we started off with. Um, and then even on the second podcast, which all of us were on, um, if I'm remembering correctly, is that right? Were all three no. of, were we all on Gaming Arena Central or was it just no. Seth and I? Just me and you. Yeah. No, I think I think uh, Elijah was on there towards the end because cool. we had Eric. Eric that was, was when on you guys there. Coming into the fold, that's why I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. And I then uh, who's the kid yeah. with the red hair that had that was from Seattle? Oh, Scott. 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 That's how I met yeah. you guys was through him because he he made a comment on one of my videos. So I started commenting on his and, and we subbed each other. And so that's kind of how I, I met you guys was through Scott. Yeah. And so for context, by the way, if we've not made this clear enough, all these people were on YouTube. Like we all made videos. Um, Elijah is really the only one that started off exterior and came in and started making videos, but pretty much everybody, we all found our way to each other through YouTube, which was really interesting. But, I will say no, shout Austin. out, shout out, because the one guy that I wish that we could still talk to more, and my favorite, my favorite co-host from the history of of our podcasting set is Eric Ladd, and that mm-hmm. oh, Eric Ladd, he is a nice, nice young man. He's he nice does young excellent, excellent music on YouTube. Go look him up. Um, you know, it's funny because actually, remix. you yeah, retro game remix. You bring this up, Austin. We're still waiting for him to come back. Um, yes. because he told us when he went to Australia, he was going to come back on the podcast when he, when he was fully moved in. So, you know, it's been, yeah. been open, about open years. Back. We're hoping he's coming back soon. <laughs> We're waiting for, <laughs> remember we did that review with them. Remember what game we reviewed? DuckTales. Yes. DuckTales. That was fun. So, so I just wanted to 
wrap this up with a bow. I did find it. Our first episode of the Gaming Arena podcast was called Love Dragonites. (laughs) (laughs) It was Chris Darkstar Dude 8000. uh, Justin, who was. Oh, yeah. Who's known. I don't know what he knew. He keeps changing his name on YouTube. He has a bunch of subscribers now. Um, But he was known as Justinity Misoa or something like that. Oh my god. Stuff by Scout Fly, I know is his his and new name. I don't know if he still goes by that though. Jordan Meeting Flipper and you, Austin, yeah. Mario Kart. Wii Actually, does it say Mario Kart Wii 140? It says Mario Kart 140. Did you cha- did you add the Wii in later? No, the Wii was only on my PSN ID. So uh, I dropped, I that dropped. makes it even funnier. Yeah. That makes it so much worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Xbox yeah. Wii 140. <laughs> And then we had uh, Rob, Jeff Hardy, and RVD fan seven. <laughs> <laughs> and then me, Janice fights. Some interesting folks. With the most edgy tribal background on our thing of all time. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, Coach, Coach, what do you remember? And then we'll, we'll head off from there. But what, how, how do you remember starting off? Well, we before I got onto any podcast, remember... We got on Google Hangouts. Remember that? Like we spent a lot of Fridays, Saturdays on Google Hangouts with uh, everybody. Like Chris was on there, Keeb, right? Keeb and, the joking uh, gamer. Yes. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yep. And so. Um, you know what? It's been, there's enough time passed. I think it's appropriate. We can talk about that happening because I were, I, were you guys there? He literally, we. We watched him die. Like, I so was like, not there, but I do remember something happened on a live stream. I remember oh, there were. Yeah, so if you know, there was this guy named Key the Joking Gamer. He, was, he had a YouTube channel. And he was friends with like a bunch of people. And he was kind of friends with us. And he was doing, what was that? Was it Ustream or Justin TV? I can't yeah, remember. One of them. But he literally had like a heart attack or a stroke or something on camera. And the dude was like a like a prankster, like a like like a YouTube like joking dude. He was always trying to like make people laugh and whatnot. So we thought he was like messing around for a while. And then like he just didn't get back up. And you're we like, oh, he's just joking around or something. And then like we all ended the stream. And then we found out later that no, this dude died on camera, and yeah, then like um, I remember the game chasers made like a like a video tribute to him and stuff like that. It was a, it was a crazy story in, in time. Yeah, well, and it was a big deal because Key, you know, I remember Key. He didn't have too many views on YouTube, but I just remember everybody knew him. Like the entire gaming community knew Key, even though like he wasn't really a big channel. Well, like our small, our small gaming community knew him. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. That's, that's a whole story because like yeah. people people didn't treat him very well. I mean, they, I, yeah. And he listened to them, and then he had backlash to our group. I remember. Yeah, he got mad at us at one point. I remember them. And yeah. well, isn't that the whole thing with gaming? Right? Was that, yeah, that was towards you guys? That was, yeah. that was when Chris left the podcast. He's like, yeah. He's like, that's the gaming community. Yeah. That's right. He w- he was uh, 
joined at the hip with Chris. I remember that he kind of influenced. Yeah. Right. We so. had some interesting, interesting uh, people in our in our community, and and I'm not just saying that as as a as an individual. I'm saying that as a podcaster. We we definitely had some interesting folks involved in in previous podcasts. Sure did. And uh, yeah. what, what I will tell you is that 100 episodes into this, and coming off of. I don't even know what we were at 200 episodes of our prior podcast. I'm glad that all of us have kind of stuck together and have not had the issues that the first couple iterations of these shows have had. So it's exciting to, to reach this point. It's like rock bands in their early days, right? Until they get yeah. that their footing. And yeah. And some yeah. people just don't drive together. So I'm, I'm glad we kind of, I, found I actually still us. remember coach and I came on at roughly the same time. But we weren't on an episode together for like three months because I kept I need, needed to miss one for work and he would make it and then I would make one, but he would miss it. It went on like that for months until we were finally on an episode together. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Okay. Um, well, I did want to jump right into a question before I forget about it. We have a question from Alden um, who I'm asks. I'm dying to hear. I don't think I've ever asked this before. Just never had the thought cross my mind. But is there a Monster Hunter game that I, as in me, Austin, hates? Uh, alternatively, what's his least favorite of the series? Uh, no, there definitely is not one that I hate. But I do have some least favorites. Um, I would say one and two are rough to go back to. So just they they don't hold up well. So those are probably my least favorites. But um, honestly, they've gotten better over time world and, and rise are both the best iterations in my opinion although i will say that for ultimate i would put very high as well so those are that's my list <laughs> um yeah so i wanted to to walk us through our, our big topic this week and and unless you guys want to go into games you've been playing is there anything you want to talk about games wise i don't know that i really have i, I think our big topic is big enough that's fine with yeah. yeah, I've played a lot, but nothing of, of note. Okay. Um, Coach brought up this idea. Uh, he wanted to discuss our our favorite E3 moment, or our or the best E3 moment. I want to say is how you worded it, Coach, um, of all time, and we can only choose one. It's an only easy choose pick one. For me. Which is it's, it's an, oh, I know what it is. I know what it pick. is for you. But it's it's an interesting topic though, because you know typically this week we would have E3, but the past two three years. Um, there's been no E3, and and what E3 we've had has been lackluster, I would say. Um, yeah, we had one last year, but it was very, very different. Yeah, and so supposedly, by the way, they're they're bringing E3 back next year. They announced this week. Um, supposedly, insert the Jennifer Lawrence gift here of saying, "Yeah, okay." Yeah, the I don't believe you meme. Um, <laughs> I don't believe you. And supposedly it's going to be in person, so we'll see how that goes next year. But for now, there's no E3 this year. Um, we've we've got some conferences and stuff here and there, but I, I think we can all kind of agree that the the magic has kind of died off a little bit from that. So it is interesting to kind of reminisce back on our our favorite moments. I know there are plenty to to talk through. There are so many um, ridiculous moments. There are so many hype moments, and so many just like what the hell are you doing moments. And so it's interesting to think back on you know, 20 years essentially of E3 and and uh, what that brought to the industry as a whole. So, Elijah, so what is your favorite E3 I, I, moment? I want to start by saying I, I do still, like, I will watch every 
conference and everything going on this year, even that Sonic Central that was 12 Dude, minutes. What and was that? <laughs> let's not talk about it. But like, I'll still watch everything. But my biggest problem with how things are now is, man, I have to think, okay, what's going on today for the next two weeks? My favorite thing about E3 was it was really these three condensed days of everything going on, which brings me to my favorite moment of E3, which isn't of E3 itself. It was when we would all get together at my place and literally make a three-day party out of it. And I'll never forget the year we were watching the the Sony conference and they start showing this thing and you and I are like, no, this isn't Resident Evil. What is? And then it just comes up Resident Evil Biohazard and we start freaking out. And then it comes up with the date, January 27th. And we freak out even harder. And Dude, that was like... That was that one was of like, the best moments. That was like during Sony's streak of like absolute banger E3 conferences, though. It was. Because there was another major thing that happened yep. at that same yep. conference, which was later when it pops up Insomniac. And then you yep. just see something and we all, because we all, we all know it. We all turn to Seth. <laughs> And you just see look on his face of no <laughs> way. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, that I was like, I had my moment of Resident Evil 7. It's all you, bro. Absolutely melted my brain <laughs> when I saw Spider-Man from Insomniac because I loved the infamous game so much. And then saw Spider-Man and he was like doing all that dynamic, like flying through the buildings and whatnot. And it's still one of my favorite games of all time. Um so <clears throat> and I will say too something interesting about that reveal. I very clearly remember around that time frame. That's when all the rumors were flying that Sucker Punch was yeah. going to be developing Spider-Man. Yeah. Of course, like you said, the infamous devs. And so when that popped up, I think we were all kind of like, "Oh, what, what is it then? Like, what the hell?" And then we saw Spider-Man, and it, it totally flipped the the leak. Which yeah, I just remember being shocked on that front too. What I was trying to say was we didn't. Because we knew there was a new Spider-Man game being developed because we hadn't seen one in a while, and of course, Spider-Man games always get developed. But there was this ru- these rumors circulating about like a Sony exclusive Spider-Man game coming up to E3, but we hadn't heard much. And then all of a sudden, because I remember you see the Insomniac logo pop up, and you hear like the they heard like the web thwip sound, and it's just like, what is happening? You know. And I love Insomniac. Um, I actually think Insomniac's the best PlayStation studio right now. I think they eclipsed oh, not even a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the for like five years straight, it started with me and Elijah just doing it with ourselves, but maybe it was even longer than five years. We always used to get together and watch all the E3 conferences. Mm. That was a great time. That was a great time, man. That's That's the biggest reason I miss having them all in this e3 like three-day schedule is because i would and i mean even last year for e3 i took the days off work and i went to my friend nick's and for like three straight days we just watched stuff all day and it was great it was fun and i'll i'll uh i'll miss that yeah i mean that's the that's the thing i will say as somebody who's just i i feel like i'm busy all the time i'm sure you guys are just as busy as i am but i feel like i just can't keep up with all these different conferences anymore so it was it was really nice when it was just a week 
And it's like, we know that everything is happening that week. Um, and like you said, Elijah, it gives us time to get together as a group and hang mm-hmm. out and just have a fun week together. And so I do miss that. And uh, I, I don't think we'll ever get that again. But I don't either. Um, that it was a, seems a like now it's more for now. Once they let the public in, a lot of it is for content creators, right? So it, I mean, it's just, it's a lot different than what it was 10 years ago. Well, that's 15 how, that's years. how our news is consumed now. Yep. You know, like yep. not going to IGN much anymore. Yeah. Pro- probably more people get information from like YouTube YouTubers than they do from like IGN at this point. I get my information from you, Elijah, when you post stuff in uh, Slack. <laughs> I sure feel <laughs> stuff in there. That's where, I, that's where I get my gaming information right there. Um, Ooh, let me post this. I did just want to say, by the way, because we were talking about the Resident Evil 7 reveal, that that is such a great pick because I, I, like you said, I very clearly remember us sitting there and just, we didn't know what it was. Like there was no indication in that trailer that it was Resident Evil until the logo came up. And that was such a good reveal. I specifically remember arguing with Elijah that it wasn't Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah. I, I go back all the time and watch that clip because we have the two clips, the Spider-Man and the Resident Evil ones, and I'll go back all the time and watch them because it's just, you know, the end of the video is playing and then I just, you and I just, nothing, nothing. Oh! And then all of a sudden just freaking out. And then even more so, the date comes up and you're just, ah! ah! That yeah, was so good. good so good. Um, Seth? What about you? I, I know what yours is, so go on and go on and I don't know. Bring it out, buddy. There's a couple that you might think that would be mine, but my favorite E3 moment of all time was the PlayStation and Xbox reveal conferences. Well, they weren't reveals, but that was PlayStation Four had been revealed at a um, special event a few months before that, April. and then the uh, E3 conferences came in hot. <clears throat> And Microsoft had such a poopy E3 conference that TV. no one liked. Well, TV. The, and the TV one was their February event. Yeah. They did a thing in February for an hour. It's like, TV! Yeah. And then, yeah, they did not. Everyone hated it. And Microsoft was digging themselves such a big hole. And they went into like this, this awful E3 press conference. And then Sony came in and they just so directly confronted Microsoft in a sarcastic and like hilarious way with their Shuhei Yoshida. Here's how my friends borrow games video. And like, that is the first thing that came to my mind. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's my favorite moment. Um, honorable mention to the final place seven remake where that's what Elijah, I thought you were going to say. Oh yeah. yeah. Now where Elijah tried to stop getting me to scream because we were in his, his mom's or his Graham's house. He's like, dude, you have to calm down. I'm like, you f***ing calm down! <laughs> you know, I was like screaming at the top of my lungs. In my defense, I was screaming internally. It was taking everything to hold off. <laughs> oh my god. Still waiting on part two, though. <laughs> Whatever. Maybe sometime. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It was just, E3's magic, I think, started to die, die down when G4 TV stopped having the coverage. Because <clears throat> that, because there's still a place for that, in my opinion. Like Star Wars Celebration just passed, right? And I was watching all the like interviews and stuff like that that I used to watch, just like I had for G4. 
The thing was, though, with G4 was they did such a good job of having a centralized location where you could get all of the E3 coverage in one spot on one channel and you knew you could like just watch it all day and that was all the E3 coverage. But once G4 disappeared, there was a couple places that tried to do it. Um, and I think 2014 kind of funny had a really good one where like kind of funny was streaming for like three days straight, but it was never really the same after G4 left. So after that, I think is when the, the, you know, die was cast for the end of E3 because once the streamers and stuff started taking over, like coach said, it was, it was more of an influencer based event. I think that was it. They sell exclusive Funkos at E3 now. That should tell you yeah, everything that, you need to know. That is weird. That's weird. Well, they don't sell them this year, do they? <laughs> That's a good point. Who knows? Funko will still probably like E3 exclusive Funkos. Get them on Amazon. I've been waiting. <laughs> I swear to God, I have been waiting for 10 years for Funkos to die. They just won't go away. They're never going to die. They need They're to never going to die. Uh, Coach, what's your, your best E3 moment? So it's the, it's the reveal for the Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. So you got to go back to um, Space World 2000. And they were showing off uh, some different prototypes for games for the um, GameCube. Right, because the GameCube hadn't been released yet, so this is 2000. So you had um, what you call it. You had Luigi's Mansion on there. You had uh, Metroid. You had um, a, a, a mature Zelda fight or Link fighting Ganon. Right, they were in this battle in a dungeon, and it was awesome. Right, so it was super good. Then the GameCube releases, and then E3 of 2002, they show the, the reveal trailer for Wind Waker, and everybody just like, everybody melted, right? Because it was so vastly different than what we saw uh, two years prior to that. And, but to this day, Wind Waker still plays and looks good on the GameCube, right? Even better on the Wii U with the uh, HD. But I just remember how uh, just the controversy of that title, because you're coming off of Ocarina of Time. And at the time that was uh, that and um, was Final Fantasy VII. Had that been released by 2002? Yes. Yeah, that, that was late know, 90s, 90s, right? 97. Yeah, 97. Right. Okay, so pretty much Final Fantasy VII and Ocarina of Time were two of the biggest games in game, gaming, besides just not even talking about PC stuff, right? So going to the cell shaded, nobody liked it. There was a lot of controversy, but it played good. It ran good. It ran smooth. There weren't any hiccups, and uh, like today, till this day, it still uh, stood the test of time, I believe. Yeah, 
And do you remember um, what you got when you pre-ordered it? Uh, was it the Master Quest? Yeah, the Ocarina of Time. Okay. Yeah. 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 I thought it was called Master Quest. I was, was going to say Master Quest, but part of me was like, that's not what it's called. <laughs> so you got both. You got the regular, and then you got the Master Quest. So, okay, Coach, quick question for you. All right. What do you think is the better pre-order bonus? The Ocarina of Time Master Quest or the uh, Resident Evil 4 preview? <sighs> I knew you were going to say that. Okay, so that's a tough one because... I totally dig both of them. Now you only get the first part when the bell rings, right? And then yeah. every, all of the townspeople go into, so it's that first part, but I've never had a reaction like I have when a uh, sack guy, you know, the chainsaw guy mm -hmm. chopped my head off. I thought that was one of the best gaming moments I ever had. Like that is, that was awesome. By the way, a great topic for a future episode talking about like demo yeah. discs. Yes. That, well, we're like, yeah, because like there's the classic zone of the enders one, you know, um, stuff like that. That that that's a great topic for for a future episode. Yeah. Austin, bank that. OK. <laughs> <laughs> also, Elijah, I don't like that you didn't respect coaches traditions by raising your hand before you asked him a question. <laughs> I apologize. You got to respect this man. There you go. <laughs> OK. So my Mr. Newman. Mine is more of a funny moment, but I still think this was like one of the most shocking things because, okay, so Sony's marketing in the late 2000s, early 2010s, um, or late aughts, I guess, early, early 2010 era, their marketing was phenomenal. And I say that because there is a character that they used, Kevin Butler. Oh, yeah. Tragedy and my my honestly my favorite and just I I always think about this anytime I think of E3 is when I want to say it was maybe 2010 or 2011 they brought out Kevin Butler this this th that was not his actual name he was an actor and he was in all the PS3 and PSP commercials they brought him out on stage during E3 just to give like a rousing speech and that's like yes. that was it there were, he did nothing else he was just like all right guys you're gamers and you're awesome. And that's like all he did in the speech. He didn't announce anything. He didn't do anything cool. He just talked about how awesome it was to be there. And, um, you know, he had this, again, like rousing speech. It was like really well written, which was uh, a shock. But I just remember seeing that and seeing him walk out and being like, why well, is he here? And then it was phenomenal. It was dude, great. People, people forget that those E3 conferences were shows. like. Right. They were they they were really entertaining, yeah, and they were exciting. Sorry, which is why um, Sony always had it nailed down, and Microsoft kind of did too. But they, they they slipped up sometimes. But I remember the one company that absolutely never got it was Ubisoft. They yep. consistently had the Mr. worst Captain. <laughs> Mr. Captain. Oh my god. They would always have their just dance party and you'd be watching it, you'd be like, All right, so are we gonna get like uh, something else or I won't no, we're just gonna get dancing for like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. I won't lie, the one year it did get to me because it started outside and they danced their way into the building and I'm like, I don't know why, but I'm feeling it. 
That's <laughs> ridiculous. I remember them having like a giant Nerf battle or something one year, right? Remember that? Yes. They had like a Nerf or a laser battle or something. Oh my god. <laughs> I, what I enjoyed the most is in the early two thousands was the writing, the actual journalism. Oh, you know, yeah. It was exciting to see pictures. You know, this is before. Uh, I mean, they started to have like low res videos, but just screenshots, right? On IGN, when IGN was a good place to go to to get um, just gaming info, right? Um, yeah, it's crazy. Yes, crazy how things have changed, both on that front and and on E three. And I think the Kevin Butler thing is like, I mean, that that's a. a pure example in my eyes of like what e3 used to be and compared to what it is now it is so different so different it it wasn't until if i'm not mistaken the mid-2000s when it stopped being primarily focused on the people watching this are investors and ceos at best buy and all that and that's when i started becoming oh a lot of people around the world are now watching this right yeah once it was on um g4 and Mm -hmm. and streaming online they they really changed it up for the better i thought for a while and i i, I, I really wish those days were, were still around um so yeah, and it's but, a good moment but like, even like with um Seth's runner up right with the the reveal of uh of um final fantasy 7 remake sony had really good um events in that time period, during the, mm-hmm. the early days of the PS4, they had because they were just throwing out games. Remember, they were all about games. They were changing, and it was it was a sight to see. Like they were locked and loaded, and it was fun watching uh, Sony during E3 um, at the early days of the PS4. Well, that's my favorite era in all yeah. of gaming is yeah. late PS3, early PS4 Sony, because they were. They had a handful of darts, right? And they threw them all at the wall at once. They're like, what's going to stick? And what do people love? And it was such an exciting time because you got so many PS3 and PS4 exclusives that it was just, it created this ecosystem that you couldn't get on Xbox or Nintendo. You know, like you had weird exclusives like Starhawk on playstation mm-hmm. that oh, just never went anywhere right yeah but they were and you, you get that was the, like when you got the twisted metal remake stuff like that that just you don't see today anymore and yeah. it sucks because sony had exclusive after exclusive like you you bought a playstation at that point in time sort of like the reason you bought a um a wii or i guess a wii u at the time i don't know <laughs> what you were buying with Nintendo. Sorry, so nobody bought that. Nobody bought a Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> you bought it for exclusives, but on Sony, you also got all the third-party games, but it was the exclusives that really sold that console, and it was really exciting exclusives that were really cool. And, yeah, you, you just don't see that as much nowadays. And you, you do occasionally, like, for example, I've been playing Death Stranding, and while I can totally see why people do and don't like that game, one thing you can't deny is that is some of the most creative a like an exclusive game has been in a while, especially for PlayStation. By the way, that's another really good moment. That's like a pretty big runner up for me is after Kojima left Konami and he walked out on stage at E3 and he just goes, I'm back. <laughs> that Such was a good, good moment. moment. Such a good moment. Um, I don't know. And I, 
I wanted to say too, Seth, you brought this up earlier. Um, PlayStation had like four or five years of just banger E3s. And I was thinking back, I'm pretty sure it was three years in a row and, you know, void the, the current quality of these games. But thinking back on it, we were all hyped for all of these. I remember they revisited The Last Guardian. They brought up Kingdom Hearts 3. They brought up uh, Shenmue 3, uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, like all this stuff in a short amount of time. And I just remember it was the best of times. Sony Sony (laughs) always went last and made E3 worth it because you were like, all right, EA and Ubisoft might completely suck, right? But I know Sony's coming up tonight, and that is going to be a banger show. Yep. And it always was, man, except mm-hmm. for the last E3 conference, which was really weird. Oh, where it was like the four games, and they all went yeah. from place to place. Yeah, that was yeah. a weird conference. Oh, that was when they uh, showed... Um, Tsushima, Last of Us. Number two, Last of Us 2. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that that true. They, they were in the, the cult-like church tent yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. Like... I I think by doing what these companies are doing now with like the state of plays and the Nintendo Directs, they take the excitement away because I don't think, I mean, this last state of play that Sony did was actually pretty good, but that might be the first one that I've watched and have been like, all right, this is, this is awesome. Um, because they're usually like really small announcements like one big cool announcement and i think they would have they'd be better off probably just doing one big giant conference a year that's that's kind of what i'm coming around to because i'll be honest i I didn't even watch the state of play at first because i was like it's just gonna suck again it's gonna be another like nonsense conference Um, this is actually a good transition i was actually while we had some time i was going to ask you guys about the the state of play and what you what you thought of it because seth uh, you I agree with you. I every state of play I've watched has sucked, except yeah. for this one. Yeah, this I, state of play is pretty cool. I, and before before Elijah cuts me off, <laughs> I, I just want to say, um, Resident Evil sucks, and okay. Okay. mute him, Austin. Resident Evil sucks, and <laughs> no one likes it, and those movies are trash. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 looks great. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I, I would say before we come to this, I wanted to add to what Seth was saying. Uh, I wonder if part of it is in this new in this new era where you have the like online shows now and not that like in-person conferences and that. I wonder if part of agreements is to like show off some of these games and that's why they have these smaller state of plays like here's some games and it might be like part of the agreement is if you come be a timed exclusive for us we'll give you a spot in one of our shows yeah i mean i think that's probable because you look at at death stranding or not death stranding um death loop and how many times that game appeared and we're getting the same thing now with um forespoken where i feel like that game is just appearing at every single everything ever yeah so. <laughs> forespoken is like the roman reigns of video games right like no one is asking for this game but they are like just like so insistent on showing it off at every possible opportunity and it does not look good and it, it's very i mean it, not so extreme 
But like, we need to talk about Sonic Frontiers at some point because what an absolute mess that game is. It reminds me sort of of Sonic Frontiers was first spoken, but <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, so the new state of play. <laughs> like you said, this is probably one of the best state of plays I've ever seen, if not the best. It was basically from head to toe, just fantastic. I think there was only like one or two games in there that I wasn't big on, but I saw a bunch of other people like, yo, that looks so good. And like Seth said, it started out with a banger and went on with another banger right afterwards. Resident Evil 4 remake. I I literally cried. (laughs) And it it does look so good. And I'm so looking forward to seeing because they have confirmed they are showing more of it Mm -hmm. on Monday at the Capcom. Actually, I'm sorry. Okay. There is one thing that looked horrifically awful. And it was Street Fighter 6. Really? You didn't think it looked good? Dude. It. That open world. (laughs) Looks oh, oh, so oh, oh. Yeah, that did not look good. No, <laughs> dude, it reminds me. Did you, have any of you guys played Jump Force? No, thank I God. have it on the shelf behind me. I haven't not. played it. Jump Force had this like completely unnecessary hub world, and the characters moved around just like that, like the over exaggerated run. And dude, Street Fighter does not need an exploration yakuza type like open world setup it is like street fighters and uh um a narrative driven fighting game right like they have pretty good stories with all the characters and like 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 an overall plot that moves forward and you just make these linear paths with these characters that is the formula for street fighter i promise you no one wants an open world street fighter game that is a terrible idea, and I don't know what they're going for with it because the footage they showed off does not look good. The actual fighting mechanics and whatnot, which I guess is the important part, that looks really good. But the, the open world aspect of it, nah, I'm not a big fan of that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah. Do you, oh no, go ahead. I, I guess I'm curious. Like I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. It, are people really excited for it? Because I haven't heard too many people talk about it. I I have seen a whole bunch of people I know say they are super excited for it. And these are people I had no idea even liked fighting games or that. So I think the thing was, was Street Fighter 4 was huge. And that was the last Street Fighter game I really played. um, Until Pedro broke me famously in in fighting games. (laughs) Um, And then Street Fighter 5 came out and it was like a huge dud. It was like an unfinished, unpolished turd. And I think it kind of just blew over really fast. Like no one really got into Street Fighter five too much. So I think Street Fighter six is coming out and everyone's kind of like, all right, because I think the vibe with Street Fighter five was we don't need this yet. And it looks just like Street Fighter four. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking that with six coming out and we see like a whole bunch of diverse roster of characters that are different from like four and five i think this is going to be a bigger one because it's just so different um and they they i think they messed up with street fighter 4 because by the end of all the updates to street fighter 4 they had like this massive roster of characters of like every character throughout street fighter and all these new characters and they did like a 
they did like a Super Smash Brothers Ultimate thing where like it's gonna be hard to make another Smash Brothers game that's not Ultimate. Yeah. Um because there's so many characters and they get played so well. So I think with five, it was just kind of like, well, why would we play this when we have four? You know? And then I, now I think it's been so long since then that now six is coming out and it looks different enough that people are going to be excited for it. I was going to say the actual fighting mechanics and stuff look really good. I really like the art style where it's got that like paint kind of aesthetic. I know that's always been a thing, but it seems like they've kind of changed it up a little with this. And it just, it looks like a really pretty game when it comes to the actual fights. Yeah. So I, I don't really know much about street fighter, but it, it looks different enough to me at least. And one so thing I like really, I really respect is that in street fighter five i think it was they had the pre-order bonus for like the bearded ryu and ken and people went crazy about it because of how cool it looked and now that's the default appearance for ryu i don't think we've seen ken in no we haven't seen him yet but the the default appearance for ryu is the is the like old ronin type bearded appearance which is cool because you can tell he's older because he's wearing his master's type um top which is pretty neat Sorry, I, I'm a giant nerd when it comes to shooting. So I, I just wanted to say that to go back to the quality of this state of play, like I said, I, I really think this is the only good state of play that I've seen in my eyes. Like every other state of play that I've watched has been just unbearable. And so it's, it's good to have one that I actually was like, oh, yeah, I'm glad I sat down and watched that for 30 minutes. But what's there were just so many good announcements. The pacing was, was excellent. And oh, man, Final Fantasy 16. Dude, I am so excited for that game. I th- that honestly might be one of my my top games right now as far as anticipation goes. Well, I, I think I think the wild thing is how is Final Fantasy 16 my third most anticipated game from that conference, and that game looks amazing. Yeah, hold up, hold the phone. All right, okay, okay. As a, as a Final Fantasy veteran, all right, we don't do this. It's okay, true. All right. hold we'll on. I'm this. not excited. I'm not excited. You don't, you don't you don't get excited until like. You get that that final like gameplay trailer because <clears throat> I'm telling you, I watched this and I was still like, mm, no, 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 I'm getting real Final Fantasy versus 13 vibes from this where like the the gameplay trailers they showed off for versus 13 were clearly cinematic. Uh, yeah, like attempts at recreating gameplay with a HUD slapped on top of it. Um, and. I, I'm watching this and I'm like, this looks incredible. Too incredible. It's too much. I have faith in Yoshi P, but not Square Enix. I was going to so. say, it's Yoshi P. It's, it's Yoshi P, but it's also Square Enix in a Final Fantasy 16 game. So I'm holding that hope. I think I think it might be time for like a like a big Final Fantasy game again, but we'll see. I just hope so. I hope so. I, I hope it's good. And the summons look like oh. just incredible. They look so good. Well, the, oh, the weird thing is that I can't really nail down how the summons work in this game because it almost looks like you control the summons in a summon v summon like battle arena type situation. Yeah. I don't really know how that's going to work, but I'm interested because they look gorgeous. It almost looks like the summons are your party members too. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's like a theory going around that I read something about because at the end they talk about there's like some quote where they say something about wake up if it or something like that i forget what exactly they say but some, people are wondering if you play as if it and oh. it kind of works the reverse where like your your human characters are kind of you still play as them but essentially your main character is if or 
a summon. I, I think that would be interesting. That'd be a unique way to turn it on its head. Mm-hmm. Main character yeah. is a red mage that uses fire magic, so it makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that that game looks phenomenal, and I do hope it's good. You are right, though, Seth. I need to, I need to just not be excited. There not there were excited. two <laughs> other games there that really caught my attention. Uh, one of them being Eternite, which is a JRPG slash dating sim. And it mm. came from the person making it, like the the lead person making it, played Persona 5 and loved it, then went back and played Personas 4 and 3, loved them, and quit his job and started making this. Yeah, Elijah, the second I saw that gameplay and I saw a, a calendar date at the top right of the screen, I was like, oh, I know what this is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm interested in it, though. The gameplay it showed off had my attention. What's your uh, other one? There is no way we can get a, get out of here without talking about the Callisto Protocol. Ooh. <laughs> it looks yeah. so good. Holy crap. I came out of there going, I want this game right now. And the fact that we have a date for it, if they can stick that date, that's amazing. Because this is, what if the original maker of dead space made a game that was dead space just not with the name and what if it comes out a month before dead space that is crazy that they're they're putting it that close and am i remembering correctly or was this originally like in the PUBG universe it was it was originally in the PUBG universe but no they came out uh about probably six days ago roughly I was like, hey, it's not in the PUBG universe anymore. It it ended up growing into its own thing so much bigger than they planned. I was going to say, because I was watching this trailer and I was like, how in the hell does this have even remotely anything to do with PUBG? So I'm glad that I watched the original trailer and had how the, said, how the hell does it have anything to do with PUBG? <laughs> but yeah, that, that game looks really good. And I'm, I'm glad that we're kind of seeing more horror games because I feel like same. I don't know. There was like a, a period of time where I felt like they just kind of went away for a while. And so it's good to well we were, back in we, full strength. We were talking about like that PlayStation conference where we got Resident Evil 7 and Spider-Man. And right there are two, I would say, like almost genre enlightening games where Resident Evil 7 helped bring horror back into mainstream gaming in a way it hadn't been in a very long time. And Spider-Man kind of reinvented, you know, we had the, the Batman games. The first couple were great. Night was just not as well received and that really brought this is how a superhero game can and should be yeah one thing i gotta say is we have the perfect medium now for horror games and no one is taking advantage of it with vr and that is super frustrating because i don't know if you guys know except except Resident Evil, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, But I don't know if you guys know this. I I think I talked to you about it before, but I did a research paper in college on virtual reality, and um, it showed that when people played Resident Evil on their TVs, it didn't activate the same parts of their brain that it did when they played it in VR. And they had significantly like more terror from VR than they did um, from the TV, which makes sense, right? But it was like the way it went into detail about it 
it seems like VR has a much more meaningful impact on the parts of our brain that like actually create fear. And it's strange to me that no one is taking advantage of the, uh, the VR horror genre. I mean, not there's people doing it, but not many. So, you know, I, I love horror games, love them. <laughs> and I booted up Blair, Witch VR, like I, I can play any horror game. Like right now I can just boot up any. And be like, all right, let's do this. I started up Blair Witch VR, got to the main menu and quit out and said, I can't do this. Um, Was Blair Witch VR the what was the game that got banned last year from Twitch? Because it had a, a really graphic scene of cutting someone's face off. Do you guys remember this story? Um, Martha is dead. Is dead. Yeah. Which I really need to play. I want to play that. I just haven't grabbed it yet. Yeah, um, they they actually changed it on the PlayStation versions of the game. That's not interactive now. Wow. Hmm. So you still see it. You just can't <laughs> press the button. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Whatever. All right, guys. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up there. Is there anything else any of you would like to add for this very special episode 100 of the Frame Skip podcast? Um, the first off, the state of play made it so I can see my Lady Dimitrescu in VR, which means oh. I will literally be looking straight up in order to see her face. Nine foot, six inches tall. That is one of my favorite memes of all time. Is like her holding up Master Chief. You guys ever see that one? I'm like, no. oh yes. Because Master Chief is like a normal height, and she like holds him up with one hand against the wall. It's like really funny. I just I loved all of the memes with her. Uh, the one was just uh, when I'm playing Resident Evil and she's chasing me, and it just had the one person going, "Oh no, don't chase me!" and everything and such, and is just walking briskly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I appreciate uh, you all for listening. Anyone who's listening at home on uh, Podbean or Spotify or wherever you're listening to the show, please share it with your friends. We always appreciate a share. If you can get it out to people, tell, tell them that we just hit episode 100. So we must be really cool. Um, they, they'd probably love to hear that feedback and probably want to listen to cool folks like us. So share, share, share the show and get us out there. Retweet us, share us on Facebook, whatever you need to do. Just, just share it somehow. So, um, of course you can always write in questions at any of our social media pages. We are at Frameskip Pod on pretty much everything. You can also fill out our uh, question form at bit.ly slash Frameskip Q. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Frameskip Q. Uh, Elijah is on Twitter at Loco Lizard Man. Seth, is that Seth the 90s kid? Don't follow him. I am at Austin J. Eller. And Coach is dead. A leaf in the wind. Oh no, coach is going to die. <laughs> well, one day we all are, but and of course don't forget, don't forget Elijah also streams on Twitch, so check him out there at twitch.tv/localizardman or you can just search localizardman on Twitch. Uh George who is not on this episode, he is at purplebird616 on Twitter, and you can also find his uh podcast there, his comic book podcast Shortbox Summary over there. So go check him out, give him a follow as well. So until next week, we'll be back with episode 101 Dalmatians. We'll see you then.